Hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> Am I getting good? Yeah, you're getting shockingly good at that accent. Fancy, fancy meeting you here, lovely. It's honestly so good and so specific. It's really like Kent slash Essex. It's really and I funny. and I have no idea. Sorry, it just comes out like I don't know how. I don't know how I um customized it so well. <laughs> oh, it's funny because my accent's quite nondescript, but yours is very specific. I could, yeah. So that's where people would think I was. I was from. By yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm the uh, actually believe it or not, this Tiffany, and I'm the American side of the <laughs> 2020 podcast. Um, the one you hear <laughs> laughing is the just the British side. <laughs> oh, my. it is the British side. Hold on, uh, let me try and do some like obnoxious like so. It's the British side. <laughs> I've been rewatching the closer. So, ah, okay. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's the the army side. There you go. Yeah, for sure. But, um, that's so funny. Oh. Let's um before we get into anything, let's um everybody uh, that that listens to the podcast, whether you pray or send positive energy or positive vibes, let's pray for Melissa that her arm gets better. Oh, bless you. Thanks. I feel so bad. Her arm's been bothering her, guys. and She's been fighting through this editing and getting these podcasts out. And so let's send her some positive juju. <laughs> that, Thank um, you. Yeah, that they figure it out and that it gets better. Thanks, mate. Of course. We can send all that from everybody and just in a big package. That's great. Thank you. So maybe... Uh... That will help me get some feeling back in my fingers. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, hey, whether it's, like I said, whether it's positive energy or whatever, I believe in that. So maybe it'll help. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah. I'm falling apart. Don't get old. That's what my mom tells me. Don't get old. Yeah, don't get old. It sucks. (laughs) You go from, like, being made of elastic and rubber. Yeah. And bouncing to just feeling like everything in your body is brittle. <laughs> right. Like you wake up and something's wrong. I know I like, yeah. I said that to my mom once. I was like, I woke up and my neck hurt. And I was like, how can you wake up to body pain? Like I haven't even started anything yet. I just sat up and my body hurts already. Like I didn't even do yep. anything yet. Welcome to my life. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> You wake up to pain. Yeah. But I think some of it I've brought on myself. I was very, 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 very active as a young person and didn't treat my body particularly well. And I was just constantly like banging myself up. Mm -hmm. And then when I did start to get older, I didn't adjust for that and continued Mm -hmm. to bang myself up. And now I think all of my joints and everything in my body is just gone. You know what, lady? Screw you. Yeah. We're done with this. You wanted to ride mountain bikes and fall off snowboards and do all that ridiculous stuff. And then you decided to be a personal trainer and just beat the crap out of your body for a living. And uh, we say no more. (laughs) So my body's basically gone on strike and said, screw you, lady. Uh Uh-oh. 
and now your now your lungs are like yeah now my lungs <laughs> my lungs have given up on me as well but yeah. um maybe I can maybe I can win it back round maybe I can win it back round yeah maybe can we'll see we'll see flirt flirt with it a little bit start start, <laughs> start sweet talking it oh god if you could see the way it is now compared to how it was then this is not something that I want to flirt with anymore <laughs> okay we'll talk to Julia about it yeah god just uh, do you have you don't have flumps in uh in are, the US do you flumps are like it's a kind of sweet it's a kind of candy okay and they're marshmallow uh-huh. and they're like these little fluffy soft squishy white and pale pink sweets yeah and I feel like a flump oh I'm yeah. sure somebody out there really 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 loves flumps <laughs> Like, really loves flumps. Well, they'd be all over me like a rash then. Because <laughs> <laughs> a flump is how I feel. Oh. Um, so anyway, some would say that getting old is a shock to the system. Ah. You... Oh, see what I did there? I did see what you did there. I totally got that. Can you believe that we're on 105? We're halfway through season one. No, and how sad to be halfway uh, to be halfway through is crazy already, but being halfway through is like insane because I mean that we, we work up to a seasons where we have twenty two episodes and you know twenty one episodes and eighteen episodes, so to be halfway through a series and be on episode five is insane, yeah, yeah, you didn't sing to me this week, I didn't. You're starting to like it, aren't you? Yeah, and usually you sing something that's relevant to what I'm saying. And I was expecting a little, I'm not going to lie, I was hoping for a little bit of Bon Jovi when I said that we were halfway do you, there. Do you, do you feel um, like let down? I mean, let down strong. Oh, okay. So it's not that. It's not that. It's not that no, it's not that bad. Mild disappointment. Okay. That's still some, that's still significant. It's not just nothing. There's some mild disappointment there. But I'll I'll move past it. Yeah, I was expecting okay. a little bit of Bon Jovi, I'm not going to lie, but it's fine. Okay. Whatever. All right. No, it's okay. I mean, I, I got it. But um, shall, we, uh, shall we crack on and look at 105? Shock to the system? Let's, let, yeah, let's do it. I, I actually really like this episode I as well. Liked I liked it. I about four. But yeah, I really like this one as well. Um thought it was a really good episode it was a great and, um, episode yeah I was looking forward to talking about it with you because I really liked it a lot there was a lot in it it was a really jam-packed yes. episode and they got a lot done in 42 minutes um they did so I was really impressed with it it originally aired on the 12th of April 2018 the writer for okay. this one was Anapam Nigam I've probably butchered that name so I apologize if I have they were a producer for 40 episodes spanning seasons one to three. And they also okay. wrote a further four episodes. So last week and the week before we had one and done writer uh-huh. and directors. But this time the producers clearly liked what they saw because Anapam Nagam was asked to write two episodes in season two and two more episodes in season three. And then Milan Chaloff directed 
again, they, they were a co-exec producer for the first seven episodes of season two, and they also directed season two, episode two. Wow. So, wow. yeah, so someone obviously agreed with us that this was a good episode and invited yeah. invited them back. So For sure. We are getting used to these cold opens now, aren't we? We are, yes. And this time we've got a heavily pregnant woman in her car talking on her car phone with her husband they have a really nice exchange it's very sweet he wants her to take it easy she's bored and she drives past some workmen repairing a power line so there's our foreshadowing of yes. something that's about to occur yep. so i think we're fully in block territory now do you agree that there's like little chunks of stuff going on now yes so I thought that the one thing that didn't really fit in with anything else that seemed like it wasn't that well integrated was Dean and JJ. Mm-hmm. And it was very short and sweet. So should we deal with Dean and JJ first? Yeah, that's fine. Let's just, just set that one. Yeah. Yep. So Dean has turned up at JJ's apartment as per Pruitt's advice. Mm-hmm. Well, and he kind of has to now because Pruitt ruined JJ's right. yeah, he doesn't instant report. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So he's turned up at JJ's under the pretense of doing another walkthrough and making a new instant Mm. report based on the fire in her apartment. And she's making him nervous and he's sort of fumbling because she's seen straight through Mm -hmm. the pretense Mm -hmm. and says to him that maybe that could be seen as being unprofessional and that he might have to try and convince her not to make a complaint against him. But then she quickly follows that up with over Thai food and a bottle of red wine. Yep. So that was really nice. Although I think white probably is a better pairing with Thai food. But... <laughs> we'll pair, you'd pair better. <laughs> <laughs> you have that more than I do. I'm I'm new to the whole alcohol scene, so and especially pairing wine with with food that has to be you 100. percent Yeah, although I'm not really a big fan of white wine, so I'd probably go against that. I'd probably drink the red to Should be honest. But yeah. but hey. There we go. It's just <laughs> just an aside. So we've opened with Dean going to JJ's and then we kind of get the whole episode and then we sort of close. It's not quite the closing scene, but then we see Dean return to JJ's after a bit of a traumatic day. Right. He's booked a table at a jazz club. Uh-huh. He's worn his good jeans and... <laughs> bless him and he's got big plans for their date or he had big plans for their date but he's visibly rattled when he turns up at JJ's door yes and he says so that he's had a a weird day and although it's all quite new to him he just wants to talk Uh because he likes talking to her and he's a bit of a bumbling mess and he's clearly feeling a lot of feelings that he's trying to express yeah but then he says that maybe he should just shut up and go um JJ disagrees and launches herself at him, kisses him, and then goes full koala on him. <laughs> and he carries her into her apartment. Yeah. So I think it's probably fair to say that they are on at this point. Yeah, which like goes against the talk, just the talking that he wanted to do, right? There you go. <laughs> there well, you go. He's, he's not saying no or complaining or anything, so... No, and I mean, they're definitely communicating. They are communicating, for sure. 
I mean, there's not a great deal to say about that, is there? No. Um, they have really nice chemistry. It's showing that their relationship is continuing to build. And I do love that Dean is trying to be vulnerable with her. He's prepared to be vulnerable with her. And that he actually gets a really good response when he is vulnerable. So that will encourage him to open himself up more, I guess. Yeah, definitely different side of Dean. Um, really trying yeah. to have a serious relationship, right? With, with JJ. Yeah, and it was nice. Yeah. I mean, he's gone a long way from self-cleaning ovens to right just wanting to sit and talk yeah self-cleaning ovens crying out loud for goodness (laughs) (laughs) um so that was that i mean have you got anything more you want to say about dean and jj no there wasn't much there but enough to address right yeah yeah it would be remiss of us to leave it out (laughs) but i feel we're done yes we are did you want to talk about Jack Pruitt and the Andy situation next? Sure. Well, I was quite relieved that we didn't get more of Jack and Andy's weird, like, flirting, bantery, yeah. and then arguing and all that. Last week's episode was a real downer for me with all that Jack and Andy stuff and the way that Andy was treating him. So I was glad that we got a reprieve from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we did get was Pruitt giving Jack a hard time. Yeah, which was was like equally as bad and awkward. And yeah, in a in a different way. Yeah. So the whole thing opens up with Andy and Jack fretting about Pruitt having caught them mm-hmm. almost with their pants down yeah. last week. And whilst they're discussing that, he catches them again. He walks in on them again. And he gives them a bit of a talking to and says that they're both adults, so technically they can do what they want. But he's upset with them that they've failed to see how it would reflect on him, their relationship, and also how it would affect the station. Uh, and he also says that if he'd known about their relationship, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have put them both up for the captaincy. Mm-hmm. And that the team trusts them, but at the moment that trust is blind because... They're lying to their team. Right. Even if it's by omission, they're lying. And that they're not worthy of the team's trust all the while they're keeping that from them. So I guess trying to shame them into owning up. And then Jack and Pruitt go into the beanery and Jack starts bossing everyone around and micromanaging, which he'd said was not going to be his management style. So they question his 180 And then Pruitt doesn't give Jack a chance to answer. He just goes straight into captain mode and starts talking about Jack to the team as if Jack's not there and essentially starts running the show via Jack and says that maybe Jack has now realised that he can't do whatever he wants whenever he wants. Maybe. Just maybe. Just maybe. (laughs) I might add to that whoever he wants as well. I think that's what Pruitt (laughs) wanted to say. Yeah. Then we get the pregnant woman from the cold open turning up to have the three car seats for the triplets she's carrying installed. Mm -hmm. And Jack tries to delegate, but Pruitt kind of, bully's a strong word, cajoles Jack (laughs) into being the one to install them by copying the same sort of attitude that he did in the beanery, saying to Warren, oh, what is it that people say? in hospital when they want the best care that they should have an attending not a resident yep. and jack's like fine i'll do it 
But then whilst Jack is installing the car seats, Pruitt's telling the expectant mother that he's going to double check all Jack's work when he's finished anyway. Very belittling. Oh, super belittling, yeah. Yeah. And the team, because they are conscious, notice the tension (laughs) between Pruitt and Jack. And Vic's got a theory that the tension is due to Pruitt backing Andy over Jack for the captaincy. I know, I love how naive they are. I know, bless them. So she shares that with Travis, who then, on the way to the incident, says to Jack, oh, I I know why Pruitt's giving you a hard time. It should have been really obvious. It's obvious that he's giving you a hard time. It should have been obvious that, that he was going to react the way he's reacting, taking on Vic's theory. Jack, oblivious to said theory, genuinely thinks that Travis has caught on to the affair and says, oh, well, I didn't think it was that obvious, but, you know, it was mortifying when Pruitt walked in on us. But don't worry, the relationship didn't affect mine and Andy's decision-making. And then you just see the shoe drop yeah. and the realisation on Travis's face. Yeah. So there was some... Um, Jay Hayden could give Danielle Savory a run for her money in the facial acting department in this episode. It was it was comedy gold. Yeah, I, I loved that scene with... That might be one of my favorite scenes with him. It was good. Yeah, it was, it was a good really one. Good. Then they have the gnarly call that no one enjoys. Yeah. But when they get back, it seems to have affected Jack particularly. He's demonstrably sort of huffy, sort of a bit angry, sort of slamming things. Yeah. And Travis tells Dean and Vic to give him a little bit of a break because he's got a lot going on. Yeah. And we then get what we now know to be quintessential Vic when she tells Travis that when he has something to spill and he doesn't, he makes angels cry. She, she like lives for gossip. I know. And we get, it's one of those things again, where we're getting the first glimpse of what we know yeah. is to come. And it's really nice to watch it retrospectively and go, Oh, that's where they got that from. Yeah. Because we also get the start of the whole Travis can't keep a secret to save his life yep. theme kickoff because yep. It takes Vic and Dean all of, ooh, five seconds yep. to break him and he just spews it out, which then dampens the mood somewhat because Dean and Vic echo Pruitt and they say that they do feel betrayed and that without trust, the whole thing falls apart. Mm. So yep. what Pruitt said bears true. Yeah. Then Jack and Andy gather everyone together in the beanery and tell everyone about the relationship but at this point warren is the only one who's shocked because he's the only one that doesn't know (laughs) poor ben so dean reluctantly says that he's cool with it vic is initially concerned if they've had sex in the turnout room and if it was anywhere near her gear (laughs) but then gets a little bit more serious and rightly is concerned if they would have saved each other first over her and Travis is the adult in the room and says that he doesn't really care but since one of them will be the captain that raises the question of bias so which one of them is going to leave and then Andy finally gives everyone Jack most importantly probably sort of a status update and some confirmation of their relationship status and says no no one needs to leave because we've broken up so now it's totes of fish that they've broken up yeah did i miss anything or is that basically it 
No, that's that's basically it. And I think you worded it really well, especially for at the end when you were like, gave most importantly Jack an update because she got, she can win a gold medal for stringing along, right? And, yep. and for her own selfish reasons. And um, just really felt, it really made you feel for Jack, man. And I feel for him more this, yeah. this second time around than I did because I think I was so pro Andy the first time around that I didn't like, <laughs> yeah. I was like blind to that stuff. But, you know, I have Merle and, um, and <laughs> just really not seeing, you know, being so like pro Andy that I was, I mean, I still love her, but you know what I mean? That, um, I that, yeah, Look, just, she was your first she was my, TV she wife. Was my first love. Yeah. And although it was just a practice run, um, <laughs> in readiness for Chief Ross. For the queen herself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you never forget your first love. You don't. So but she, but she, it's she fine. So it's fine that Andy holds a special place yeah. in your heart. But yeah. she did do the man wrong. She did. she did do him wrong. She did. So yeah. Um, no, I, I really just appreciated the way you worded that and gave Jack the poor guy the, the credit he needed there for that scene. And you visibly saw him upset because he stormed out of the room. Yeah. So Yeah. But Andy was problematic for me again this episode pretty much all the way through. Yeah. But she she kicked it off on a bad note for me because when Pruitt walks in on Andy and Jack having their convo, she tells Pruitt that when he'd walked in on them previously when Jack had his uh-huh. shirt undone and, uh-huh. and all the stuff, she tells Pruitt that that was them calling it off. Right. Well, you, you just lied to your dad. Yeah. Because... That was not no, that at all. That was Jack. Them. Yeah. Yeah. That was Jack saying maybe we should call this mm-hmm. off and her trying to get in Jack's pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she used that for to try to make herself look better or look good to her dad. Yeah. And I don't know anyone that calls off a relationship by undressing somebody. Right. <laughs> his shirt his shirt was undone, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. That's not calling things off, love. Unless she was trying to let him down very gently. Yeah, it was a, a last time hurrah. But, yeah. But um, how did you feel about Pruitt's general treatment of Jack? Do you think, and why do you think he did it? Do you think that he was angry because of the lying? Do you think he was angry because of the inappropriate nature of the relationship? Do you think it was just because Jack was sleeping with his daughter? Because he took a similar attitude with Ryan and there was no inappropriate work situation or deceit involved there. Yeah, I think I think it was understandable, but a little bit too harsh for me. Um, mm-hmm. Like like you said, he did the same thing to Ryan and, and all he felt Ryan was trying to do was quote unquote get in, in her pants. Um, yeah. You know, this time I think he was a little extra harsh because it involved the captaincy, which he was so protective over because that, you know, he held that position for so long. And so it did yep. involve that. But I mean, come on, did he really expect him to step forward and be like, um, I think you should consider somebody else because I'm sleeping with your daughter. Like, did he really expect <laughs> him to do that? Or his, do- Maybe he did. Or his Maybe. daughter to do the same? I mean, she just got done fighting for it. But maybe that is the honorable thing to do is to come forward and disclose that. And maybe he, that shows a level of maturity. He's lying to his team about trust about for the cancer. 
Yes, that's true. All right, hadn't thought of that. You got me. <laughs> Isn't he, though? I mean, that's what yes. Miranda spent the episode saying, like, how many people here know? And he, he didn't answer. So he's giving yeah. his team this. There's a, they function on trust, and he's not being open with them. So You got saying. me. You're absolutely right. No? And you raise a very valid point. Yes. <laughs> we also got a timeline-ish for Jack and Andy's relationship because she says Uh-oh. it's been a few months. Queen of the timelines. Because it was all a bit weird, wasn't it? When yeah. We couldn't really figure out how... So she said a few months. So what are we thinking between like two and five? Somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, we can give it that. Maybe. Yeah, that's fine. So, But Jack was still a bit quick out of the blocks with that ring, wasn't he? He was, yes. But, I mean... Bless him. Can you get a refund on um, <laughs> engagement rings? I don't, I don't think he can, no. I hope he didn't get it sized, because that would be... You, he would be screwed. You end up selling it them back for a really crap load cheaper than what you bought it for. <sighs> yeah, it's not So you should, no really good. should be more careful. Oh, yeah. That's not good. Oh, Jack. <laughs> um, I was pleased that Vic asked who they would say first in a fire. I think that's a really valid question. Mm-hmm. I think it's a valid question. Yeah. But also, you, you could also argue that it's not because there's always going to be, like, favourites and you're always going to have preferred. It doesn't even have to be romantic relationships. I think that Maya would grab Andy before she grabbed Ben. Right, like, and or, that's not or a just look at, look at Travis and Vic. I mean, I would think Vic would save Travis over anybody else. Yeah. Right? Because she absolutely yeah. adores Travis. So, and again, not in a romantic relationship. Yeah. But, yeah, that I think it's just an interesting question all around. I want, kind I of want how to hear that, crying. How that, no, that was a pigeon. Oh, well, that pigeon sounded really upset. I was about to be like, you need to go check on your puppy. But dang, Pigeon, I wonder who ticked you off. <laughs> Can you hear it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the Pigeon. Yeah, it's Pigeon. I think it's um, I think it's a bit horny. I think it's a horny oh. Pigeon. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, mister. They like to get romantic on our roof. Well, dang. That's uh, yeah. pretty aggressive. That pig- well, it's been a while for that Pigeon. Been, been a while for that one. That's the pigeon equivalent of like going into a bar, slamming three tequilas and doing like a sexy dance in the middle of the floor. Just seeing what you can, oh, okay. what you can get. Is that like yeah. their, their mating call kind of? Like their... I think so. Yeah. I okay. think that's what that is. But yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty desperate. Poor pigeon. Okay. See, I don't know how this stuff happens to us. We just, it just happens. Like, I don't know. I can't believe that you can hear that pigeon. Yes, I can. I thought it was one of your puppies, like, crying, like, whimpering. No. Horny pigeon. Yeah. I mean, that's what it sounded, that's what it sounded like on this end. I mean, I don't know what it sounds like to the listeners. They're going to have to let us know now. Did you guys hear the pigeon? Um, Did you hear the horny pigeon? Did you think it was a puppy or did you know it was a horny pigeon? Let us know. Let us know. So specific. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you you took us there, Melissa. You you told us it was a horny. I didn't know it was a horny pigeon. Sorry, it's just 
sometimes I overshare. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Thanks. Um, I found this incident to be quite upsetting, so should we get it out of the way? Yeah, Just... let's do it. So the team turn up to the call and a car is under one of the electricity pylons, one of the poles that we saw from the cold open. So I don't know whether whether it's just fallen over and hit his car. If he's supposed to have driven into it, that was never really explained, I don't think. But the main thing is pole on car, exposed power cables, and they're flicking and sparking everywhere. Mm-hmm. And Jack says they need him to stay in the car until the electricity board can turn the power off. Because if the ground's been electrified, if he steps out, he's going to be electrocuted and it's the rubber from his tires that are the only thing that are keeping him from mm-hmm. being electrocuted. Mm-hmm. So Warren is deployed to make sure that he stays in said car until Vic realises that the car's leaking gas. And so then it very quickly switches to, no, 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 we need to get him out of the car before one of the sparks catches the gas, ignites it and he blows up. Yep. So very quick 180 in direction which Marshall comments on Marshall's chappy in the car he's super funny and super likable which makes it even worse that you're pretty sure he's it's not gonna end well for him there's a really funny exchange where he's told to jump out of the car or like a bunny or hop like a bunny and then Warren uses a bird metaphor and Marshall's like hold on I thought I was supposed to be a bunny the whole thing is just very funny. Like there's a lot of lightness and levity in it, mm-hmm. which makes it even more tragic. So Warren tells him to jump on three to get him out of the car. And he and Marshall's like, wait, hold on, jump after three or on three? Yeah. Yeah. It made me giggle anyway, but it also made me giggle because it reminded me of Danielle's three, two play. Yeah, yeah. When she was doing her live watches on on Instagram during the build up to the season six winter premiere, and she was doing a three two play, and like Stefania and Peter and Mel and everybody were riding her for it and taking the piss out of her for it. It it reminded me of that. Hold on, on three or after three? But either way, it was just funny. Marshall, against all odds, makes it out of the car without being electrocuted, and he manages two bunny hops. Although one, he very nearly loses his balance and mm-hmm. nearly topples over. But two successful bunny hops with Warren as his coach. But the cables are still flicking and sparking. And inevitably, as he does his last hop, something does spark and he is electrocuted. But they need to get the power off before Warren can run in and try and save him. But it's not looking good. Um, Marshall basically knows he's dying he's feeling it he knows that he's dying and he wants to call his wife oh god it was horrible wasn't it, it? Was terrible. and he and warren the way they look at each other yes and warren says to travis we have to hold off with intubating him yeah because once we intubate him he won't be able to talk yeah and Warren knows that he needs to say goodbye to his wife. Yep. And then we go to 
the station and we see that the heavily pregnant person who's taken up camp there um, that came in with the car seats is the wife. We see her phone ring and the name on the display is Marshall. And their conversation is then heartbreaking because she's completely oblivious and she's sort of laughing and joking and keeping it as light as it was in their earlier telephone conversation. And he's trying to say goodbye without letting her know that he's saying goodbye. It was horrible. Now, do you think he should have let her, he should have let her know? No. No. Okay. I wouldn't want to know. I think that the conversation that they had was perfect. And when he he tells her that he loves her and then basically begs her to say it back. And that's all he needs to hear. And then the line goes dead and he lets go. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, but I, no, I, I thought it was I thought it was perfect. Would you want to know? Would you want someone to say, this is the last conversation that we're ever going to have? Or Yes. You would. Especially if I'm that close with the person. Yeah. Because you never know if there's something you might, you might want it to say. Like that's like the working in the healthcare. That's like the number one thing. One of the number one regrets people have is I would have said A, B, and C to this person or told A, B, and C to this person. And so you just yeah. never know. Maybe that's like a, like a life lesson though, is to not wait until. Mm-hmm. For sure. He, I mean, he probably didn't want to stress her, right? He's thinking she's pregnant. Exactly. She's heavily pregnant yeah. with their babies. But and I'm, I'm not pregnant, so I'm thinking about it from my perspective. Yeah, from your hers. perspective. Yeah. 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 Th- their yeah. perspective, I understood. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought that it was kind of, everything about it was perfect. I thought, yeah. I thought the writing was perfect. The directing was perfect. The acting was perfect. That guy is such a good actor. He's yes, really he good. Yeah, he was really good. I've seen him crop up in a couple of other things. He's only ever like a bit, yeah, he's only ever a bit part actor, but I recognize his face because he looks almost identical to a comedian that we have over here. Oh, okay. They could be twins, genuinely. Yeah. Um, Oh, I've forgotten his name now. It's John something. Um, British people will know who I mean. He's married to Lucy Beaumont and his comedy is all about him being like (laughs) really miserable and really tentative about life in general but that's why I recognize this guy because they literally could be twin yeah he was in orange is the new black um and he was in yeah he popped up he was only in like one episode of that I think and but he's been in in a couple of bits and pieces and he's yeah he's an excellent actor and he's one of those people that I'm always surprised that he hasn't had more yeah he's not doing more work and more regular work because I, I do think he's very talented but yeah for sure yeah, but he he broke my heart. That's a hard thing to chisel down, man. Because it is rock hard and it ice is. cold. It is. <laughs> and you guys couldn't, they couldn't see me chiseling, by the way. They couldn't see me. It was good chiseling action. It was, it was. yeah. It looked like it was like very delicate, kind of. It didn't look like it was. I was a... ra- no, yeah, I should have rocked a little bit harder. Sorry. But it looked like it was kind of delicate, intricate carving rather than like trying to bash. Yeah. Which I appreciate. It makes me feel a little bit better about my cold, dead heart because it made <laughs> made it feel like it's maybe not as cold and dead as, as we were having people believe. Okay. You were being a little bit delicate with it, so I appreciated yeah. that. No problem. Thank you. But um, I felt like this one hit hard because... 
they made him so likable and they gave him so much dialogue and they yes. made him feel much more of a complete character. I think yeah. a lot of times they bring these people in and with the greatest will in the world, and I don't mean it in quite as cold a way as it will come out, but they're quite disposable. Yeah. We don't need to get too invested because it's just a 50-50 shot that either they're going to get rescued and we'll send them off to the hospital and never see them again, or they're going to kill them off. So yeah. they don't really need to be full human beings. They're just mm -hmm. cannon fodder mm -hmm. kind of thing, aren't they? But this guy, they, they actually made him quite characterful and they gave him really nice lines, really funny lines, you know, like the on three or after three. And when he said to Warren, I'm going to hug you when I get over there. Yeah. And they just made him super likable. So did, they did. don't get me invested in somebody and then bloody cook him from the inside out. That's just yeah. mean. <laughs> Which is exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think it's one of the better incidents that they've had in terms yes. of its heart, despite the unhappy ending. And I thought that it was well done the way that the back end of that rescue they cut in with Andy and Meyer on the stakeout mm -hmm. because it made it more suspenseful and they were both right. quite interesting. And so it, you know, you went from one impending tragedy to another. Mm -hmm. So it just built the suspense. There was no time to come down from it. So I thought that that was good as well. Yeah, for sure. Anything more to say about Marshall and his untimely demise? No, I agree with you. It was, it hit hard and, um, it was definitely a rough one. It was a rough... The incidences in the earlier seasons, in the earlier... Did they just seem to be... I don't know. There's something different about them than what than the yeah. instances we get now. Don't they? Yeah. Yeah, they do. They feel like there's a bit more to them. They yeah. they feel less um, less superficial, maybe. Yeah, they, they do. That might be the word. They're just... I don't know. They really kind of gut punch you a little bit more. Yeah. And so, certainly some in the back end of season six. Remember, I was getting really annoyed because they were just rescuing yes. idiots. And I was like, let them yes. burn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't have let Marshall burn. I would not have let Marshall burn. No. Uh -uh. Bless Marshall. No. Yeah. Well, since I brought up Myra and Andy and the stakeout, mm -hmm. do you want to do Myra and Andy in the stakeout? Let's do it. Let's, Let's do it. Wither in. Slytherin is that a? I know you said Slytherin, but isn't Slytherin a Harry Potter? It's Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah, it is. I am. I'm not knowledgeable of the so, Potter. Um, I'm a Potterhead. I'm Hufflepuff all day. If you are a Potterhead, send us in what house you are. Um, extra points if you're a Hufflepuff. This is literally a foreign. This is literally a foreign language to me. So there's just there's Slytherin, Gryffindor, which Abraham's a Gryffindor, um, Ravenclaw, and Hufflepuff. How? How do you know? How do you know what this is? How? What is? How? I'm so confused. What are these houses, and how does one know to which house they are affiliated? So to. Be really quick in Harry Potter. Yeah. So you know, you know, Hogwarts is a school, right? Yes, this much okay. I know. Okay, so at the school, there are houses, or 
um I don't I don't even know what else to call it but basically yeah no I, I so okay so they're the houses of the school so I had yeah. handball itching me on and test when I was in school and I was in handball oh. house okay so yeah, yeah so it's broken down into the four houses um each house has like different characteristics that they're identified by so if you're a Hufflepuff you know that you're loyal honest and patient if you're okay. a Grif- if you're a Gryffindor you know you're like courageous like there's different, right? And so okay. I will say that I made the call that Abraham, I thought he was going to be in the same house as me. I was all ready for him to be a Hufflepuff. But when he came out, he came out with red hair. If you watch Harry Potter, you will know that the Weasleys, which are a very famous family and have been in, in the Hogwarts legacy for decades, um, every single one of them has always had red hair. Always. Okay. So they, they know if you're a redhead at Hogwarts, you're a Weasley. And so okay. he came out with red hair, so I couldn't not make him a Gryffindor. Because every Fair. every Weasley has always been a Gryffindor for hundreds and hundreds of years. So he's a Gryffindor. I've immediately got my back put up by the Weasleys because I don't agree with um, legacy, uh, all this legacy yeah, so. stuff and people being yeah. in school, you know. So that's that. And then Obelix, he, I, th- I was ready for him to be a Hufflepuff, but he came out being just like his father, and his father's a Ravenclaw, so he's a Ravenclaw. <laughs> okay. So I'll take your word for it. I have literally no yeah. idea what any of this that's okay. is. So yeah, my mom's a Hufflepuff, though, so I, at least I have one other Hufflepuff. There you go. Yeah. Um, I knew that I was in Hamble House because um, I had a red shirt and everyone in Hamble House had a red shirt. See, there you go. go. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. It sounds exactly the same. It does. (laughs) Oh, God. Can can we go back to Maya and Andy now? I understand Maya and Andy. Yes, you can feel, I understand. Yes, you can feel accepted and understood and seen and all that stuff. Thank you. You're welcome. it starts out bumpy for Myra and Andy. Mm-hmm. They bump into each other at the barn. Things are still totes orcs between them. Very awkward. They reluctantly end up <clears throat> teaming up for the day because Maya's going on a stakeout with the cops and Andy wants to get away from the station, so she joins Maya. And they're basically going to be an insurance policy for the police. They're going on this stakeout. They're going to sit back away from the scene just in case something bad happens and then they can go in and save the day but they're not going to be close enough that there's any danger to them apparently this is standard procedure and something they do once a month we learn but we've never seen again <laughs> no exactly <laughs> never exactly. seen again in six years list of forgotten storylines <laughs> yep for sure so Andy and Maya turn up at this operation, this raid that's going to happen. They turn up late. I'm going to blame Andy for this. I don't feel like Maya has ever been <laughs> late be for late. anything a day yeah. in her life. Yeah, Maya would not have been late. She would not have been late. This is one of the things that Maya and I have in common. Yeah. The thought of being late for anything makes me sweat. So I'm putting this all on Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when they do turn up, Ryan is more pleased to see Maya than he is to see Andy. Yeah. And this does not escape Andy's attention, and she is not happy about it. He orders them to get in the aid car and stay there, not to get out for any reason whatsoever. 
which means that basically they're now trapped in a car together all day with nothing to do but talk. Yep. Andy just starts as she finished off in the last episode, really being a bit mean and immediately has a pop at Maya saying that she's asked too many questions of Ryan. And Maya then takes the opportunity to talk about Andy through the medium of this conversation um, in a, it's, it's a bit passive aggressive, but she says that she prefers to have all of the information instead of being left in the dark. And that maybe yeah. some people function better having all of the information about their friends Hint, hint, Andy. Hint, hint. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Andy, again, avoids having the conversation be about her, turns it around and says to my, well, is Ryan your friend now then? Jealousy. Yes. And it's all a bit childish because then Maya kind of retorts back. There's lots of bickering. So she retorts yeah. back, well, I don't know. Is he yours? Because you've been really dismissive and belittling of him in front of his friends and his co-workers. Yeah. And it was, it's all a bit uncomfortable and all a bit bickery. very uncomfortable. And then eventually Andy asks Maya if she can just tell her what the problem is so they can sort it out. And Maya's like, yeah, let's just get my stuff out of the way so that we can circle back around to your stuff. Maya tries to distract from the tension in the car by reading a manual on tyre maintenance, <laughs> which I'm sure is a real bloody page turner. Um, but in the end, the tension just gets too much and she outs with it and tells Andy that she saw Jack's shirt on the floor outside of the captain's bunk. And Andy gets defensive and says that she doesn't know the whole story and again turns it around on Maya saying, well, you're the one that seems to be hiding stuff. And Maya rightfully tells Andy that she was told to shut up and back off. Mm-hmm. The whole thing was just horrible, wasn't it? It, it really <laughs> was. It really was. It was awful. But I didn't like Andy's response to Maya when she says, well, I was just having a moment when I told you to do that. You're the one that's taken it to the extreme. And Maya says that she doesn't feel like she could talk to Andy. And then Andy's response was like beyond low at this point, I think, saying, if we work together, would we even be friends? That was a really rough line for me. Um, I did not care for that line. Low blow. And then to Maya's credit, she completely ignores it and then goes on to ask Andy about her problems anyway. Mm-hmm. So when we get back to them, Andy appears to have told Maya that she and Jack are going to disclose their relationship and Maya's like not happy about this at all and says it's going to undo all of the good work she's done it's going to muddy everything and she's frustrated saying that andy's going to lose the captaincy for all womankind Mm -hmm. and finally we get a little bit of levity and we get a little bit of comedy in there to break up the tension Mm -hmm. when maya says look i stopped coaching you for 72 hours and this is what happens (laughs) and And then goes for a run in her head because she can't get out of the car and go for a physical run. (laughs) And she tells Andy she'll let her know when she's back so they can pick up their chat again. (laughs) Eventually, Andy has to interrupt Maya's head run to let her know that there's movement on the tablet that Ryan's given them Mm -hmm. to keep an eye on things. And she says that the bad guys appear to be moving but she can't tell the difference between the good guys and the bad guys on the iPad. And she wishes the cops had their badges on. 
And, <laughs> and then we get my favourite line of the episode from Maya, who says that she thinks that that's frowned upon when they're undercover. <laughs> but um, the cops move in and then the feed on the tablet is cut. So Andy starts yeah. panicking and slapping the tablet. Maya takes it from her and asks her if she's 80. <laughs> that's probably my favourite. It was so good. Were you 80? Banging it won't work. Yeah. <laughs> and then we hear gunshots. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. So I don't know if it's instinct or adrenaline, but something kicks in for Andy and she tries to drive direct mm. into the crime scene. Maya calms her down and gets her to stop the aid car and she recognises immediately why Andy's spinning out and just says to her very calmly, it won't be Ryan. Yeah. And when they do get the order that they can move in and they go into the warehouse, Andy starts panning him again because mm -hmm. it's confirmed for them that it's an officer down yeah. that they're being called to. Yeah. So Andy's scanning all of the faces for Ryan and then he eventually appears from behind us so we can all mm -hmm. heave a sigh of relief that Ryan's okay. Mm -hmm. And Ryan, Andy and Maya then load the downed officer into the aid car and Andy tells Ryan that it was hard not to bolt in when she heard the gunshots and that she's glad it wasn't him. Yeah. And Maya's watching on at this exchange with a very knowing look on her face. And when they get back in the aid car, she actually confides in Andy that Ryan's been helping her with her situation with her brother. And we learn a little bit more about Maya again because she says that she's a fixer but she can't fix this and she can't coach her brother out of it. So she, she feels lost and doesn't know what to do. And finally, we get a little bit of something from Andy because she says that she feels bad that she was just going on about a guy when Maya was going through this and that Maya felt she couldn't go to her. But Maya says that it's not Andy. She just didn't want to say it out loud. Mm-hmm. And then there's a bit of an attempt from Andy to fix the damage that she did before with the whole friendship comment and says yeah. that in any universe, it would be her and Maya. Of course, they would still be friends, which gets a little smile from Maya. And she then tells Andy that Ryan mm -hmm. is kind of great. And she says it in a very pointed way Yeah. before telling her that if it's over with Jack, she's free to move on. And it seems like at the very end of the episode, Andy has taken Maya's words to heart because the show closes with her doing a knock and run on Ryan's door. Mm -hmm. So she goes over to see him and then knocks on the door and panics and leaves before he gets a chance to open it. Right, right. Did I miss anything with Maya and Andy? No, I think, and you hit the nails on the head that I had. Of you know, you you and I pointed out the same the same frustrating lines and the same frustrating. Yeah, things that we were, you know, we were both frustrated with the same thing. So, um, mm. yeah, Andy just proved her, her brattiness. Just it just carried over in different ways into the episode. Yeah, yeah. So for sure. Now Ryan, when they first turn up, and Ryan smiles at Maya, Maya and just yeah. says Bishop. Yeah. Did it seem a little bit flirty to you? It looked it, quite flirty. It, yes, it did. And I really wish they would have carried that on. Like, because I think Andy noticed it. Yes, I think that that's yeah. why she wasn't very happy because I think she yeah. noticed the, the little bit of flirtation from him. She did. And she got kind of territorial. 
yeah just pee up his leg why don't you (laughs) but then she was flirty with ryan i thought when andy that is was flirty with ryan i thought when he came to give them the tablet in the aid car and she said oh it's it's different seeing you do this part of your yes job yeah i thought she seemed a little bit flirtatious then and Ryan, again, is just showing himself to be Mr. Sensitive because when he gives them the tablet, he senses immediately the atmosphere in that aid car and says, you know, is everything okay in here? Yeah, yeah. He really is just such a sensitive guy, isn't he? And Maya, you know, when Maya said, oh, let's get my stuff out of the way and circle back round to yours, do you think that was uncalled for or do you think that was justified? Because she did cop a little bit of an attitude with Andy at that point. No, I think it, I think it was justified because I think that it, sh- it showed that how much she knows her just in general, right? Yeah, and that and that's how she feels. She because Maya will say that again throughout the seasons and more episodes, like that. It, it's always about you. That you know what I mean? Like yeah. We we hear that. That's not the first. That's not the only time we're going to hear that. It's not the last of it. Yeah. Yeah, and Andy has just been completely content to offload on to Maya for the first three episodes. And then in last week's episode, it was more convenient for her to just shut Maya out. Mm -hmm. So I agree with you that she is, I think she's justified in saying that as well, because I don't think there is anyone for Andy outside of Andy's orbit. I think that she is just very self-absorbed and she's so dismissive of other people's feelings as well. And unaware of, of how her actions affect people because she doesn't even apologize when she realizes that she's hurt Maya's feelings. Right. You know, when Maya said, well, you told me to basically shut up and keep out of it. Yeah. And she turns it on Maya and says, well, I was just having a moment. You're the one that's taken it to the extreme. Like yeah. Maya's supposed to just accept that. Like Maya's just, just supposed to know. Yeah. Just take it. Yeah, yeah. And that she's just yeah. supposed to be taken, being spoken right. to like that and then ignored. Right. Right. And she's supposed to be fine with it. Yeah. Because that's just Andy having a moment, which she's entitled to have. Right. And I just really question their friendship because Maya, well, I don't think there is a friendship. I think it's very one way. And I think Andy actually, when Andy questioned their friendship, that was just so out of line because Maya's been her absolute rock for the past four episodes. Mm-hmm. So to ask, would we even be friends? What a move man yeah she's been nothing but there for you and it's Maya that reaches out again after that comment and says well come on then you said I don't know the whole story with you and Jack tell me the whole story mm-hmm. yeah it's just no that yeah that one that one was tough for sure the whole thing was really rough and I felt so bad for Maya mm-hmm. it's really too. really rough yeah and there was another thing that Andy said which I don't know if it was bad writing or whether it was good writing okay because they're trying to further highlight that andy's oblivious to other people's feelings and stuff but she says to maya that jack sees her as who she is right now and that he's not chasing an idea of her okay but that's not correct that's patently not true he doesn't at the time that he proposed until the very end of last week's episode he was chasing an idea of her because He was proposing to her, not knowing that she didn't want to be married. 
he wanted to take her away to that B&B, which right. she very much said, well, that's not my that's style. Not yeah. He was dreaming about a family home and a picket fence. And she's saying, well, I'm happy for us to bunk up occasionally right. in the so station. So not her. Yeah. So he was chasing an idea of her because he had her idealized as this perfect like little Stepford wife kind of. Yeah. And she, she said, like, that's not me. Yeah. yeah. And as soon as she told him who she was and said, no, me is... I just want to rip your clothes off and bounce up and down on you from time to time. <laughs> um, he was like, oh, then it's off because yeah. I need more than that. So yeah. either that's bad writing and they just completely disregarded everything that was said in the last episode or they're just further proving that Andy lives in her own world yep. and doesn't see that Jack doesn't see her. I think I it's know. a little bit of both. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. But it just jumped out at me, that line. I was like, no, he doesn't. Yeah. It's the same with... He really doesn't. It reminded me of the same with with Sullivan, like, when she said that, I feel electrified. You know what I mean? I don't think she really knows herself. No, no. At all. Then we get the running reference again with Maya. Mm -hmm. And even though she can't physically get out and run... Mm -hmm. we see that her instinct is to run because even when she's trapped in that car, mm -hmm. she would rather run in her head. Right, than deal with... Yeah, than deal with and deal with the confrontation, deal with Andy, deal with those negative feelings. She just wants yeah. to just bury it and, and run, and run yeah. instead of talking it out. So that's... I think that that's really good, the way they're building that up. Mm-hmm. That's getting really well done. And you honestly have really got me thinking since you said last week that you would have liked to have seen Maya and Ryan yes. as a couple. Right? Am I I'm right? Really, yeah, I'm really seeing it. And when she watches Andy and Ryan talk outside the aid car, mm -hmm. and Andy's saying, I'm really glad it wasn't you that, that was hurt. Do you think there's a tinge of disappointment in Maya's face when she's watching on to this conversation? like kind of realizing that Andy still has really strong feelings for Ryan. And so therefore he's a bit of a no go for her. Yeah. Cause she, she even, she even says we both, we both were like, she puts herself, she inserts herself in there. You notice yeah. the Maya, Maya, she's like, we both were, yeah. were relieved. It wasn't you. And so I think she, yeah, she notices it, but she still takes that second to include herself in that statement. I don't know if you caught that. I didn't note it down. But um, but, but good Maya, catch from you, yeah, yeah because I didn't yeah, put it in Maya, my notes. But but it was just the look on her face for me. Yeah, yeah. I just thought, is she a bit gutted? Like, oh, yeah. You know, she, the, the Andy Ryan says um, when when she she I don't remember her exact line, but she basically says she was relieved it wasn't him. Maya goes, yeah, we both were, and kind of inserts herself into there that yeah that she was yeah. relieved too that it wasn't him. And yeah. so, yeah, it was, and I, I remember thinking, why did she take the moment to say that? Yeah. Cause we've learned in Shondaland that everything is said for a reason, right? It is. So yeah, I, I just remember thinking that like, why did she point that out? And then they never went anywhere with that. Another maybe forgotten storyline. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, I just found this whole section like really rough. <clears throat> Came out yes. of it still mad as a hornet with Andy and just feeling mm -hmm. really, really bad for Maya mm -hmm. because it's just such a one-sided friendship. And 
when we know what's to come, obviously at the time that this episode aired, everything was fresh, but we know that over the years, Maya is going to continue to be there for Andy. I mean, how many right. how many times has Andy moved in with Maya? I think she ends up, if, even if it's not fully moving in, she ends up staying with Maya by the end of this season, I think, because she falls mm-hmm. out with her dad, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then when she split with Sullivan, she moved in. And mm-hmm. Maya and Karina were newlyweds then, so they kicked mm-hmm. off married life with an interloper in the next bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And didn't complain about it. And I, I feel like there was a third time that Andy lived yeah. with Maya. Probably. I'm sure there was. Yeah. <laughs> but she's constantly there for it. And then when Maya is in crisis, mm-hmm. treadmill gate, apart from that one time that she sat by a hospital bed, she didn't bother with her. No. She's having this like massive breakdown. Her wife's left her. And Andy just bloody ignores her. Yep. Yep. Which obviously we're not to know at this stage. But, I mean, talk about start as you mean to go on. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Not things we didn't know. Right? Looking back, if we would have known things. Yeah, Exactly. And again, Maya lets her off the hook because when Andy says, oh, I wasn't there for you, Maya says, oh, well, no, it's not that. It was just that I didn't want to say it out loud was it Andy was actively ignoring her at this point Maya still went to go and find her because she did want to say it out loud she wanted to talk to her best friend and found that Andy was bunked up with Jack and left so it was very much that Andy was unavailable to Maya so which she because she should have just said she should have just said like came out and straight up said that like yes you were yeah yeah 100% do you get the feeling that I have strong feelings about this? Um, yeah, I was about to say, why don't you tell us how you really feel about it? Like, <laughs> re- why don't you really share your feelings about it? I'm just very protective of Maya. I, you, and all. you should be, because Maya's, she's going to go through hell eventually. Yeah, but yeah. I just think even in this first season, she's a delicate little kitten. <laughs> Aww. She is. She's, she's just a, a little delicate, delicate little, kitten. She is a delicate little kitten because kittens are feisty little They are feisty. Things but they're also on little, the surface, yes. but they need a lot of love and attention. They do. Yes. Because all their feistiness is self-preservation. What do you think, listeners? Do you, do you are you on the Andy side or the Maya side of this fight? Whose corner are you in? Let us know. Let us know. Yep. <sighs> you heard that very empathetic sigh from from the Brit side of the pond. We know whose side she's on. That's her little kitten. She just needs a hug. She does. Um, someone else who needs a hug in this episode is Benjamin Warren. Benjamin Warren, yes. He had a hard time. Yeah, and I think Ben arguably had kind of the biggest storyline I think certainly had the most emotional most powerful storyline for me that's Mm -hmm. the one that's that's kind of resonating with me for sure I mean it all starts out quite well for Ben because he's in bed with um Miranda she's admiring his musculature yeah and they're sort of one-upping each other with their work achievements over the past few days which they're sort of using as foreplay (laughs) which is really cute 
but she gets slightly put off when he says that he managed to jump off a roof with 10 seconds to spare before it collapses yeah and says that maybe he should keep stuff like that to himself yeah keep that stuff aside and then they distract themselves from this yep and um enjoy each other's company can you say that yeah we'll take that that's fair yeah we'll take yeah then ben brings miranda over to 19 for a spot of lunch and meets spot of lunch she she meets everybody and, and can put faces to names she refers to dean as the puppy guy yeah puppy man yeah, yeah, he prefers Puppy, he prefers man, puppy yeah. man, yeah. And Vic's breaking his balls, even in front of his wife. And mm-hmm. everyone's just very welcoming in their own goofy way. But Pruitt's a little bit put out because he's yep. just put two and two together and realised that Warren's wife is one of his doctors. Yep. Sure is. And she asks him what he's doing at work instead of at home resting mm-hmm. when a call comes in. So yep. everyone has to leave bar bailey and pruitt so pruitt is then left at bailey's mercy which is not a comfortable place for anyone to be is it and off screen napping in the other room is the expectant mother of the triplets she's hung around after jack's done her car seats yep so bailey tells pruitt that She's told him that he's getting sicker and that he needs to rest and that ignoring her advice is just playing with fire and that whilst he might think he's invincible, she's here to tell him that he's not. And whilst she is baileying Pruitt, said pregnant lady comes into the beanery needing a glass of water. She yeah, needs a little bit more than that. And yeah, yeah and, and Bailey luckily is there to take care of her. Mm-hmm. But you know what um, Pruitt was saying about if you want the best possible care, you should have a... right. An attending, not a resident. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they yep. probably yep. could do the specialist at this point, could they not? They could, yeah. They could have called in a specialist for sure. Like an OB attending an OB. that's yeah. three blocks down. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Could have called it, called her in and said, hey, are you doing anything right now? It's triplets. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think that really that was the, it was remiss of Bailey not to do that. <laughs> Missed writing opportunity. Missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the team come back from their call. They're there all of 30 seconds before they get another call and have to run out again. But they are there just long enough for Miranda to ask the team if any of their spouses enjoyed stories of their near-death experiences, which is kind of dropping like little breadcrumbs for what's to come for Miranda and Ben later on. Yes. But poor Miranda, she's got a surgery in the afternoon, so she won't see Ben anymore now that he's got to go out on this call. They're both visibly disappointed, and he just sort of blows her a kiss as he runs out. Yep. That call, as we know, was particularly hard for Ben, and when he comes back, he's taking out his frustrations on a punch bag, and Pruitt comes in and and holds the bag steady for him, and with very few but very well-chosen words, he lets Warren know that he understands what he's going through and where he's yeah. coming from. Yeah. And then we finish off where we start with Ben, which is at home in bed with his wife. And Bailey asked him about his day because she said she knows it's important to him. But Ben spares her the pain of knowing what happened to Marshall and just instead says, oh, well, the calls aren't always exciting. And then he rolls over. 
Yeah. But by the look on his face, we know that he won't be getting much sleep. Yeah, he made the made the selfless call to leave that one to himself. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts slash feelings? I was kind of surprised that that she did he didn't share that one with her. Mm. Um, I mean, I understood why. I was just kind of surprised that that he didn't. Especially, it would have been an interesting way to kind of share that scene with them because she cared for, excuse me, for the mother. So it would have been an interesting crossover there to allow yes. that in the episode. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of surprised that they left it alone at that, but I understood why. Yeah. Maybe she'd gone back to work to do her Whipple or whatever surgery she was doing, yeah. though, and didn't know that that was ultimately right. what happened. Maybe that's why. But It just would have been interesting. But it, it, that, would have been, yeah. that would have been a nice way to... That's a really good yeah. thought. I hadn't thought of that, but that would have been really nice to knit those two together, yeah. 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 But I suppose for Ben's particular arc in this episode, mm-hmm. I, I suppose that it needed to be that way. But that, but your suggestion would have been really good. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I really liked. So this is this might seem like a really throwaway thing, and for ninety nine point nine percent of people, this probably wouldn't be something they would pick up on or make an issue out of. But when Bailey asked about people's spouses reactions I love that she used the word spouse mm-hmm. instead of wife now, I don't know if she knows that Travis is gay mm-hmm. and that that's why she used the word spouse which then would have been the correct word to use because she would then have the knowledge that he was married to a man Pruitt was married to a woman and therefore spouse was mm-hmm. specifically the the correct word to use mm-hmm. or whether that was just the word that she chose to use without knowing the sort of specific sexualities, et cetera, of of people, if that's just a word that she would choose normally. Sure. But I really loved the use of that word because do you remember a few episodes ago, I was talking about having to have like these mini coming out moments all the Mm -hmm. time because Mm -hmm. people always assume that my partner is male. Right. And so it forces me to have to all the time Mm-hmm. be that person that either I have to let it go and then feel crap that yeah. I've not been honest about who I am mm-hmm. or I have to be that person who corrects and says no she and then I feel like a jerk sometimes yeah you know what I mean yeah and so using this gender neutral and inclusive language is just such an easy way to avoid putting people in that situation and in that position. And so Mm -hmm. I just really appreciated that from her because that's something that I started to try and do a few years ago. And especially kind of when I'm talking to clients on the phone, it's a new client and they'll say, you know, something about, you know, being married And so I try to use neutral language like spouse and also when you married your spouse, did they, rather than just kind of defaulting to your husband, he, or your wife, she, to try and use that neutral language just because it, it's just so helpful and it it doesn't other people. And it's just a really nice way of inviting everyone to the conversation Mm -hmm. and not putting people in that position where they feel 
othered. And so mm. it just really was a massive deal to me to hear that yeah. word. Yeah. And also now more and more people are happy to reject the gender binary and understanding that gender isn't this binary thing and they're identifying as gender non-conforming and non-binary. And so mm-hmm. then spouse is the correct word because if you're married to a non-binary person, you don't have a husband or a wife, you just have a spouse. Right. So I just, it was a really, really, really small thing that was a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. Even though I do, I'm happy with she, her pronouns, I, you know, do identify as a woman, I do feel, you know, that that's appropriate for me. But it just, the word spouse just made my little gay heart sore. Okay. Just appreciated it. Yeah. But in general, this whole Warren section was just his wake-up call, really, wasn't it? It was a mm-hmm. really horrible and tragic way for him to have to learn his lesson, but he's been so excited yeah. about jumping off roofs and being caught in blue fire, and he's seen the reality of the other side of what he does, and I think that he's now come to the realisation that it could very easily be him that's making that call to Miranda that Marshall had to make on any given day. Yeah. Right. No, I agree. It was a, it was the wake up call or the the way to bring him down. And it was done in an amazing way. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else about Ben and Miranda? No, I think we, we went pretty, pretty far well on that one. So that's our episode. And I think overall it was a bloody good one, wasn't it? Very good. Really enjoyed it. Can't wait to get to episode six good mix of action and emotion Mm -hmm. the incidents gave our characters clarity we had andy getting clarity about ryan warren getting clarity about the job Mm -hmm. we got a reprieve from jack and andy and all their drama yep we got the good tension heightening we're going from the marshall incident to the stakeout i just thought it was yeah all really really well done it was it was really good did you see any overarching themes? Um, probably growth. I think each each character grew in some way. I would say. Or had like these, I mean, maybe it was just quite an obvious, just wake up calls, really, yeah. maybe. Yeah. You know, facing mortality. Andy had a wake up call when she faced Ryan's mortality. Mm-hmm. And then Ben had to face his own mortality kind of thing, mm-hmm. so... Yeah. But yeah, I think they're finding their groove and that themes are going to start yeah. popping in, I think. You said you thought everyone kind of grew. Who do you think had the best growth or the most growth? That's tough. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, gosh. Maybe Maya, but I think she's still in the process of it. Yeah. Um, I think her brother caused some growth to happen. And I think, yeah. but she's she's still working on it for sure. I mean, she's still working on it now, six years yeah, later. <laughs> I know. So that's, I was trying to, I was trying Bless to not think her. about that. But yeah. Yeah. I thought maybe, and this might be controversial because we only saw like 30 seconds of Dean, really. But I yeah. wonder if Dean is up there because. Yeah. We see him go from calling women self-cleaning ovens to allowing himself mm-hmm. to be vulnerable with somebody. 
to the no, extent that he's him for sure. Yeah. yeah. And Ben possibly as well is up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, your favorite scene or the best one might not have been the one that you enjoyed most, but the one that you thought was best. Mm. I'm sorry. It sounded like a cat again. And all I can think about is horny pigeons. It's gulls this time. <laughs> it's terrible. I was trying to concentrate and like, that's all I could think about is horny pigeons now. Um, I don't, I, I don't know if I had a favorite one. This episode was so well done that I don't know if I had a favorite one. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass on this one. Fair. I really had to think about it hard. And if I'm being completely honest, I'm probably with you that there were a lot of really good ones. Uh-huh. And so I probably didn't have a favorite, but I, when I really pressed myself, I thought probably Marshall's death. It was not an enjoyable thing to watch, yeah. but it was just so well done. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily my favorite scene, but I think if pressed, I would say it was possibly the best one. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Favorite line or favorite piece of dialogue? You sticking with, what are you, 80? Yeah, probably. It just that, that, that dialogue back and forth was hilarious. Um, yeah. Especially when she's like banging it and she's grabbing it from her. Yeah, I really appreciated that one for sure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with that little section as well. Yeah. And with Myers, I think it's probably frowned upon when they're undercover with Andy t- saying that she yeah. wished they were wearing their badges. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're both sticking with that. And then, again, it's difficult because it was such a rough episode, but most gifable moment for you? Um, gosh. This is t- this is a tough one. I know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> seagulls. No, it's seagulls. You still listening to them? Yes. Sorry. They're not horny. They're hungry. No. Yeah. I mean, they um, might be horny. Why am I talking for them? Spring is in the air. Don't speak on their behalf. Um, yeah. Who am I? Most gif- it would probably be something with. Um, Miranda Bailey, some kind of movement or a line from her, um, just picturing her talking to Pruitt. I'm sure we could come up with something there that would be that would be gifable. Um, yeah, Miranda's always got some good facial expressions. Yeah, Travis had so. quite a good one as well, didn't he? When he was yes. realizing that Jack and Andy were having a fling. Oh yeah, that was the one I had said earlier. I couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when he was like, I hadn't really thought of that, and then the look on his face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Maya's I'm still running face mm. and the finger that went up. I'm still running. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep I got that right away. The finger that went yep. up. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So there we go. We've d- we've smashed out the first half of season one. We have. We have. And that's perfect um, timing. Cause if you just heard that beep, that's my yeah. oven coming up to temperature. It's ready. It's ready for the pizza. It's ready. It's ready for the pizza to go in. Did you hear Julia say that we were having I did. pizza or did yeah. you just guess because we have pizza like three times a week? No, I heard her say she was going to get it ready for the pizza. So that's what I do. Love a pizza. Well, next week, 106. It's called Stronger Together. And it says Andy and Jack take the captaincy drill test along with 18 other candidates for the spot of captain at station 19. Travis serves as acting captain. I don't remember that at all. Travis serving as acting captain. 
I remember it very, very briefly, very briefly. So it'll be interesting to see. That will be interesting. And Ben confronts Vic regarding her fears. So we've yeah. got all that to look forward to. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I wish folks could have seen the hand action that went with that little. <laughs> was it good? Was it good? It was excellent. Yeah, good. I'm glad. <laughs> all right. All right. Peeps. Well, that's us, guys. We're going to sign off and say ciao for now. And we'll see. That's very gangster. That's the deuces. Deuces. Back in my middle school days. Deuces means like, I'm out. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, it was gangster. It's gangster. You, you went for deuces and I went for ciao for now. Yeah, very different. <laughs> very different. Very different. But what we mean is we're off skis, guys. So we yeah. will see you next week. Bye-bye.